fabulous. Hi, everybody. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Shannon Payne. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I am loving this season so much. I am, like, I'm still giddy. How am I yes. still giddy about this? But I am. I'm having the best time. I, for To be quite frank with you guys, can I, let, let me, let me into the, the like, I'm going to let you guys into the world of Shannon and Liz a little bit here. Oh, yeah. Welcome, welcome. Um, having 13 episodes planned out in advance has saved my sanity so much. I feel so organized. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, the absolute terror of trying to figure out what are we going to do for the right. next few weeks? What are we, we going to do for the this, next few weeks? We always have this massive list that we're working from, but how do you pick one? And right. then what goes with it? We have to do two. They go together. How do you do them? Which one should we do? And then how do you narrow them down? And then mm-hmm. it's pre-made yeah. for and the, us. And the way that they're all like relating and building makes me feel like I'm learning this big class of knowledge. I'm right? having so much it's fun. It's so fun. It's been going really well for me. I hope, <laughs> I hope you so guys nice. like it too. <laughs> If not, I guess uh, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're not in this for the dollars. Mm, clearly so. not. So, <laughs> um, unless you want it to change. Yeah. I mean, we're not mad if that turns out to be the case. No, that'd be pretty rad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. This week. What are we learning about this week? I'm going to tell us about chiclet so excited because you <laughs> said you were going to change our minds about this like about the whole term chiclet mm-hmm. just in general and i'm very i'm so excited i think that uh um I'll, i don't want to get ahead of it there's okay. a whole okay oh, i'm just <laughs> <laughs> this i feel like this season and this episode this whole topic kind of combines like the soft gooey center of me uh-huh. and also like the the very um feminist um healed foot forward part of me yes that that wants to empower us and enliven us and and keep us all together and so we can go full golden girl in our old years absolutely and um uh, I, <laughs> it is every single every single episode seems to like um make me I feel I feel very passionate about what we're talking about mm-hmm. I feel touched like yeah. um and I feel so proud to mm-hmm. be a, a, a woman <laughs> Right. And I know that there's so much nuance involved in gender and identity. Um, so I don't want that to come across in, in a way that's not that's not friendly to any of those things. Um, but whatever, whatever you are, I hope that you get to feel the way I've been feeling these last few episodes mm-hmm. that like that there's like a history behind it that I can be proud of. Right. And that it's, it's a cool thing to be part of. It's super cool. I've enjoyed it very much. Yes. <clears throat> so what the hell is this stuff? What is it? Chicklet is a term. It sounds just like chicklets. It really does. Every single time <laughs> we say it, I'm like, where's the little gum? The little rectangle right. situation. Chick space lit. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is a term that um, we were using a lot in the 90s and 2000s. It actually might have started um, in, it was in the movies the first time on Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. And they called it like a chick movie. Yeah. And then people just went like chick flick from there. Yeah. And then chick lit comes after that. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Um, but it's kind of fallen out of fashion. We don't hear of it as much anymore. And in case you were not from the generation where chick was a thing you said a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just slang for a young woman. And then lit is a shortened version of literature. So perfect. It's, 
literature for people that are girls. Mm-hmm. Um, it came closely on the heels of the term chick flick um, as a popular slang term for a romantic comedy. And that's very similar to the to what these books are, romantic okay. comedies, right? Um, chick was actually first used by the black community in, 19, in the 1920s. Okay. So there's a, I can't remember if it was a dictionary or a thesaurus. There's a book of like AAVE, African-American and African-American vernacular English okay. um, that talks about the history of a lot of those terms oh, interesting. and how they developed. And um, so that's that's where the word comes from. But um, people do wonder if it's related to the word for girl in Spanish, chica. Okay, I could see that. Right. Um, but, but as far as we know, um, it was the black community that started saying it. So okay. I think if those two things combined, maybe like migrant workers and, and things in, in the southern mm-hmm. United States, I think I can see how that could come together. 100 mm-hmm. percent. Um, it's got a very similar vibe to the British slang usage of bird. OK. How they call it girls birds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stems back. It got popular in the 1940s, but it honestly goes way back into poetry, comparing young women to birds. Oh, that's it's, yep. That makes perfect yeah, sense. So it's been around for a long time, but was used popularly as slang in the 40s. Um, the jazz world starts popularizing popularizing chick in the 40s in the U.S. And then by the 60s, the beatniks were calling all of the ladies chicks. So they oh, were okay. surfer chicks, bi- biker chicks, beatnik chicks. I wanted to be a biker chick so bad. I still do. Mm, so badly. <laughs> I just have this, this romantic picture in my head of taking off my motorcycle helmet and shaking my mm-hmm. hair out. <laughs> Wearing my leather jacket. There's no possible way I don't look like a sweaty, awful mess, I but look, it feels like it'd be so cool. I always look ridiculous whenever I take a motorcycle helmet off, but you have to be so careful with your ear piercings. Oh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the situation of like, I take one side up and then I pull the other side up and then I pull the helmet off. Piercings are great, but it's a, you make sacrifices. You don't sleep for three months and you can't wear helmets safely. That is true. Those are the facts. <laughs> yeah. Curling irons, a little risky. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I couldn't find a reference to back me up, which is not the way research is supposed to work. <laughs> I was like, I have an opinion. Who can tell me I'm correct? <laughs> Someone can. <laughs> um, but you're not the boss of me. So... Chick always makes me think of hen pecking chickens. Yes. Um, so like gossipy, petty, laundry hanging, mean people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I I haven't liked it because it gives me that vibe. Right. But I'm obviously taking that very personally. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like um, it can be whatever you want it to be. But it does in the same in the same frame as like bitch. It sort of takes on the connotation of who is saying it. Right. So if I call you a bitch, it's cool. It's, uh, yeah. But if Seth Taylor called you a bitch, we will have a serious conversation mm-hmm. yep. because that was absolutely inappropriate. Right. Unless he was being Malibu Barbie Seth, in and which then case, that's different a, situation. Different situation. That Seth says only nice, cute things. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Seth only says nice things. That's true. true. (laughs) You're welcome, Seth. We love you. (laughs) So so when a guy refers to I was reading an article about uh, there were three attorneys at lunch, one from a different firm. And uh, so the one from the different firm was a woman. And then the two from the same firm were a man and a woman. Okay. And the woman at that firm was the only female attorney they had. Okay. And so the male attorney refers to her as the token chick. Mm. And she's like, 
I am not a token anything. And he was like, I thought you'd be mad because I called you a chick. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, turns out you're offensive two times. (laughs) There we go. Thank you for (laughs) pointing that one out. (laughs) So like when girls go on a chick trip or a babe fest, it's Mm -hmm. different than if guys say it about about them. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the way chick is working in our language currently. Perfect. Um, um, um. So what it is, chick lit, is a genre, uh, I, I say it two different ways, and I've been <laughs> hearing myself in episodes <laughs> saying genre and genre. You hear the difference? No, I'm, there's a slight it's difference big, there. I don't even know which one's fine. I'm sure <laughs> so, they both are. So as it goes back and forth, just know it's not me being pretentious. That's just the sound coming out of my mouth. That's how it works. <clears throat> That's where we are. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's, it's a genre of literature that focuses on women. Perfect. So usually female protagonists, usually in their 20s and 30s, um, and the books are primarily aimed at the same audience, younger women. Okay. Which is probably why everyone's so mad about it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Books written by women for women? For women? (laughs) What? No. So um, isn't that just a romance? Is it? It's not. Okay. Um, There's an article in Writer's Digest that summed up the difference pretty nicely for us. It said, a romance novel focuses entirely and completely on the romantic relationship and guarantees a happy ending for the heroine and hero. Women's fiction, which is what we call chick lit today, mm-hmm. and it's like everyone likes it better. Okay, that's um, fair. Focuses on the woman's journey, whoever that, may, wherever that may take her, and whatever that may encompass. Though usually emotionally satisfying, a happy ending is um, not an expectation. Okay, so you could say that all romances are women's fiction, mm-hmm. but they are not even. They're usually not shelved in the same place in bookstores. So there's like a romance aisle, and there's a fiction aisle, and then sometimes there's a separate section for women's fiction. Okay. But it's usually like a table. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it should just go in the fiction section. That's how that should happen. <laughs> Here, I have a whole I have a whole speech about this. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> so, so we know how I feel about Taylor Swift. Yes. I don't need to, I don't even need to go into that. I mean, you could if you want to, but I think we are all, we're there. We're on board with we're, it. We're here for you. You get it. Yes. So, so one of the big complaints a lot of people have about Taylor Swift is that she just writes songs about her relationships. And the most ridiculous thing I find about that argument is that everyone does that. Exactly. Ed, Ed Sheeran's songs are all about his relationships. Yes. The Beatles songs are all about their relationships. Yes. Uh, rap music is about relationships. Mm. I don't I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Seriously, though. She only sings about dating. That's what That's everyone what, literally sings yeah, about. That is all over the place. <laughs> I need a better argument than the that. The Temptations sing about relationships. Yes. <laughs> the Rolling Stones sing about relationships. <laughs> I don't know. What does Nine Inch Nails sing about? Probably relationships. Probably relationships. If I had to guess. (laughs) I feel like it's not a stretch to imagine that. Goodness. It's so regular. How dare she write about the thing that we're all doing but make money off of it? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. So when people try to put women's literature in a different category because they're writing about women's lives, it's very obnoxious to me. Yeah. Because they're writing about humans living. Yes. Which is the same thing that men are writing about. Exactly. So they're the same. Yes. (laughs) 
it's all one thing. <laughs> so, um, so we don't we don't love the term chicklet. Um, we're we're calling it women's fiction now. But let me tell you a little bit about it. When it was really in its heyday, and people started first talking about it, um, it had very close ties with journalism. Okay, because um, two of the hallmarks of the category, Bridget Jones' Diary mm-hmm. and Sex in the City, started mm-hmm. out as newspaper columns. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. (laughs) That's so cool. It's very cool. I remember growing up thinking being a columnist would be the coolest job ever. Mm -hmm. I was going to live in San Francisco. Of course. Obviously. (laughs) And I was going to write a column for the newspaper. (laughs) It was like advice. Yes. (laughs) And I knew a lot about things. I was at least 11. So So, my advice was primo. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So good. That's amazing. Um, so um other big ones at the same time, uh, along with Bridget and Carrie, uh waiting to exhale, the old girl network, mm-hmm. confessions of a shopaholic. Yeah. All of these were the first ones to end up in this category. And um it was very much like a post-feminist literature. Okay. So women were having different lives than the women in the books we were reading before. Yeah. And now we were relating to them much more because these women went to college and had jobs and were living in cities and looking for job, looking for work and looking for love and going out at night and all, yeah. all, all of these things that, that had become a part of our lives that weren't before. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have something to relate to. Absolutely. And to affirm all of our situations. Uh, to quote Taylor Swift uh, again, yes, <laughs> you know how we're happy, free, confused, and lonely at the, at same, the same time. time. Um, that's what we wanted to read about. Yes, right. Like <laughs> I'm embarking on a on a life alone as a woman. There aren't any there aren't people telling these stories, but I know there's a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice to have somebody to commiserate with, to celebrate with, right? Somebody who's doing the thing that I'm doing. Yes, and it it was so it's refreshing as hell when you find. That first book where you're like, this girl's like me. Mm-hmm. She's a lot cooler. But but we're the, we're kind of the same. We're kind of the same. At the same time, um, in the very 90s, 2000s sort of way, it wasn't inclusive. Right. So they're mostly books about white women, mm-hmm. um, middle class or higher, um, working professionally, wearing expensive shoes. Mm-hmm. It's not approachable for all of us. Yeah. So um, we've we've grown out of that quite a bit. But it did start out that these women got to have a voice. Yes. <laughs> they usually go first. I guess we have to start somewhere. <laughs> right. And um, and we've expanded since then, which mm-hmm. is another reason to kind of let the term go. Yeah. Because it doesn't represent all the people we needed to represent. Absolutely. At that time, we did come up with a couple of different things. Lad lit for men. Okay. Like they needed their own. Yeah, they needed it too. Um, mommy lit is still a thing sometimes people talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, uh Wikipedia mentioned something I didn't see in any other articles called Sista Lit, which was like based around um, the experiences of women of color. Okay. Yeah. Which is um, something that I'm seeing a lot more in, in romance novels and women's fiction currently, I'm still too. for it. Which is excellent. Absolutely. I'm a big fat fan of it. Um, so Elizabeth Merrick published. This is a. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Let me back up. Okay. <laughs> I read an article. It's called What Was Chicklet? A Brief History from the Inside. And it was written by um, Lucinda Rosenfield. Rosenfeld. There's not an I. <laughs> um, and she said, in 2006, a writer named Elizabeth Merrick published an anthology called This Is Not Chicklet. 
And this is the sort of shit that kind of hurts our feelings, right? Yeah. I'm a girl, but I don't want to, I don't want you to think I'm in the same category as those girls. Mm -hmm. So I'm declaring that this is real literature. Mm -hmm. I hated it. Mm -hmm. Um, She says, I remember seeing a copy in a a bookstore. There were some wonderful novelists listed on the back. Jennifer Egan, Francine Prose, Chimamanda Adichie, Curtis um, Sittenfeld. Yet the very thrust of the project seemed... Both overly defensive and ultimately aggressive. Did women writers of this caliber need to knock down other women writers in order to assert their own merit? One didn't see Jonathan Franzen or Jeffrey um, Eugene. I should know how to say his name. I see it in the bookstore all the time. Yeah, Eugene Nides. Gosh, fuck. That, that can't be right. <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but I know exactly. I see it. Right? Yeah. Like, I know you from a book, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, both of whom frequently made, or sorry, frequently weighed into the so-called domestic sphere, contributing to anthologies called This Is Not Crime Fiction or I Don't Write Thrillers About the International Espionage, <laughs> as if the very existence of David Baladici or Michael Connolly put their own careers at risk. Mm. And I was, I thought that was, she, she expressed that very well, apart from using names I don't know how to pronounce, Ugh, which yeah. is unfortunate mm. for, for mostly me. Um, and those poor people. <laughs> <laughs> what is this podcast if we don't butcher a couple of names? <laughs> Feels fair. Mm. Like, like what you feeling the need to say this is not chiclet is, is, is saying, uh, I'm not like other girls. Yes. Which we professionally, and I think it's yucky. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Right. Um, Chiclet is kind of trashed as a, as a genre, um, but the numbers don't back up the rep. Mm-hmm. Let's chat about that really quickly. Beautiful. So books written by women that appeal largely to women and romance novels in particular um, are making all the monies at the bookstore. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they sell so well. Absolutely. The top three best-selling books in 2022 were romance novels by Colleen Hoover. That makes perfect sense. It ends with us, Verity, which we read in book club, mm-hmm. and it starts with us. I haven't read the With Us books because I hear that they absolutely rip your heart out of your chest. Uh, I don't know if I'm prepared for that. I mean, that's not a wintertime book for a list. No, that's, that's a summertime the book for sure. The sun must be shining. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Colleen actually wrote eight of the top 25 best-selling books in 2022. Damn. Of those top 25, 15 were written by women and 11 were romances. Hell yes. It's incredible. That's amazing. Women in the United States are reading more than men. According to the Pew Research Center, women in the U.S. read more than men. Um, 38.7% of women read print books and 17.1% read ebooks, while only 32% of men read print books and 13.6% read ebooks. Okay. And 52.4% of men. And 47.5, or sorry, 45.7% of women answered, I don't read any books. So like 52.5% of men don't read, but only 45.5% of women don't. Huh. Uh, So the differences aren't massive. But they're there. But they're there. Yeah. What I found to be really telling. (laughs) So obviously most people are reading books um, in high school and college years, right? Right. So those people, that's the highest percentages we have. After you turn 55, it drops pretty dramatically. Okay. After you turn 65, they basically just read the Bible in the Mm, U.S. Okay. And I was like, explains a lot. It makes perfect sense. (laughs) So um, that was my, uh, that's me pushing my liberal ideology on you real quickly. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) 
In 2007, Diane Shipley came to the genre's defense, arguing that chit-lit books increasingly covered serious topics. But anyway, she says, I just don't see what's morally or intellectually wrong with reading a book you enjoy and relate to that might not draw deep conclusions about the future of humanity, but might cheer you up after a bad day or see you through your own health problems. Absolutely. What? Why are we so mad about that? Why does everything we read have to be profound and like, yeah, it doesn't have to be. It does not need to be. And is the Pelican Brief really doing that for you? I don't think so. Or was it also just a good story you loved? Right. Like, just because we like different things sometimes doesn't make one person's thing worse or better than the other person's thing. Absolutely not. It blows my mind. Oh, my God. Um, so the problem is not with the genre. We love the genre. Mm -hmm. Authors obviously love writing it. Right. It's affirming and fun and sexy and cool. It focuses on the magical secret witchy recipe of female friendships, Mm. which I have begun to shelve in the book club category, regardless of the presence or influence of books. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we should call a group of women, like a parliament of owls. Yes. A book club of women. A book club of women. Right. I'm... I love that. <laughs> I am I'm into it. Mm. <laughs> it's smart and savvy. And when snooty critics look down their noses at it, they call it chiclet. Mm. We have plans to expand on that point when we talk about the names for body parts in romance novels. Mm-hmm. But demeaning a thing by pointing out its femininity or its relation to women is fully obnoxious and immature to me. Absolute fucking bullshit. Like you've got you've got to you've got to be kidding me. Right. And if you if you sit down in your ugly ass lazy boy and mm-hmm. think about it, you can see that it's obvious to us why you're doing it. Right. You're not fooling anyone. No. But it still sucks. Yes. So stop it. God. Um Marion Keys said it's meant to be belittling. It's as if it's saying, oh, you silly girls with your pinkness and shoes, how will you ever run the world? But as I've matured, I've realized that I'm very proud of what I write about. And I know that the books I write bring happiness and comfort to people. She said that at an Edinburgh book festival in 2020. Love it. She also said (laughs) that she rejected the term chiclet as dismissive and sexist as popular fiction written by men is not described as dicklet. It should be now. She's a fucking genius. Absolutely. I um choose to spend money to have pretty hair. Yeah. And because of that, I spend a lot of money on my shampoo because right. that's just how much it costs. Right. And I've been trying to convince Seth Taylor to go to a salon forever because I just like maybe if he liked it, he could understand a little bit of why I do it. Right. You know? Yeah. And he has this beautiful beard. Mm-hmm. And he decided to go to the barber and get his beard like shaped. And he had a wonderful Beautiful. time and he ordered the products that his stylist had suggested. Yeah. And when they came in the mail, I said, hey, just so you know, this bottle is really small, but it's probably because you only need a tiny bit. So it will last a long time, even though it was expensive. Mm-hmm. And he was like laughing at me. And I was like, not Hang knowing on. what the joke was. And then he was like, I see what you're trying to do. Because I know you want me to understand why we pay a lot of money for your stuff. Mm-hmm. But that was twelve dollars. Mm-hmm. I yelled and stomped away. And I was like, this motherfucking pink tax. I mm-hmm. paid a hundred dollars for a bottle of shampoo yelling through the house. Uh-huh. And he's laughing and I'm like, it's not your fault, but 
I'm furious. Yes. <laughs> this was going to be on my side. <laughs> right? I was going to prove a point. Oh, my God. $12. As, like, I wish. I'm I fucking furious. Wish. I'm, I'm so mad. <laughs> Why? I'm so why mad. Does the, why does it have to be this way? It doesn't. It doesn't. I get paid less than you and it costs me more to live. <laughs> My basic necessities as a woman. I read an article recently and I know when I say that it sounds like I just watched a TikTok, but I did read an article about this. <laughs> I'll tell the truth about TikToks. I know Absolutely. who I am. Uh, a lady was saying that she thinks that we should get paid a certain percentage more because wearing expensive makeup is part of our appropriate work attire. That's true. And if I come to work, regardless of how clear my skin is or whatever, if I don't have makeup on, people make comments like I'm ill-prepared or unprofessional mm-hmm. or straight up rude things like, do you feel okay? You look tired. You Are look you? sick. Yeah. Uh, so I think I should be compensated. Because my bronzer costs like $40. Right. So I feel like I should get a bit of a raise. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, anything with pink on it costs more. We Everybody knows yeah, about absolutely. the pink tax and yeah. razors being more expensive than men. All of that stuff is really obnoxious to me. <laughs> I just. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's all in the same family of just stop, stop, stop it. Stop it. Stop taking advantage of the fact that you're bigger than me. Right. I think that's all that this is. Yeah. You're a little bit bigger than me because I have some friends who are tall. Okay. Yeah. That's it. God. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting carried away and I can feel it. I, I'm passionate about it. I'm there with you. I'm going to need to eat some Tums after this. Oh my God. Yes. So much heartburn. All right. So, um, it's, it's getting better as Mm -hmm. far as women's lit being, um, unapproachable for a lot of men. Men are starting to read more of our books. Women have always been fine with it. Yeah. We've been fine reading like 50% men authors, 50% female For authors. For sure, yeah. We understand that men and women are humans. Yes. And that our experiences can be similar. Absolutely. Uh, men are getting on to that, but mm-hmm. they're not in there yet. Seth Taylor's <laughs> <laughs> listening to the Akatar books. That's right. How far is he? He is about halfway through book one, <gasps> Court of Thorns and Roses, and he sent me a Marco Polo today. <laughs> That said, so I just got past the holiday where Tamlin gets to be a rapist. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I can't wait to tell the internet you said that. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what. Yep. Uh-huh. Colin Mai. That's what that is. That yeah. Is, that is what's happening. That is what's happening. And he's like, so is is that what the book's about? Or And then so I'm oh. messaging him back and I'm like, you know, men always think that books that women like are just about nothing, but not nothing is happening. Like your life is you go to work, you come home and you have relationships. Mm-hmm. So if you think that that's nothing in a book, then your life is also nothing. Right. And then I was like, mm, back that up a little bit. Hang on. Seth Taylor was not trying to insult you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. But boy, oh boy, did oh. I have a way to go on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Right. So um, another article that I read, and I have all of these um, articles listed in our references for you. Perfect. And, and I enjoyed all of them. And some of them are quite little. So if you want to just hop in. Easy. And learn a little bit about women in publishing. I think you'd like it. Love this. Um, This one says, uh, but we still have a situation where women read around 50-50 books by men and women. But for men, the ratio is about 80-20. They'll read four books by men for every one book by a woman. And those figures come from Nielsen, which is uh, they provide data on book buying. Okay. Um, And there's a link to their statistics in that article. So you can follow all the sources to get where you need to go. Um. 
it's just it's it's a lot because yeah. I, I I at the same time I love and appreciate it and it is the foundation for a lot of the new authors that we right. love to read like I don't think that there's an Emily Henry if there's not a Bridget Jones diary right you know like mm-hmm. we don't get beach read if we Which don't start be there a damn shame it would be and I I do appreciate having literature that's about people like me. Yeah. Written by people like me. Yeah. I think it's a blast. It's so fun. And I'm still going to read books by boys. Absolutely. I still enjoy those too. Yeah. They had a really good example in one article about um, one. Do you remember One Day? Yes. Uh, it's so sad. It is. Um, but it's like the story of a relationship on the same day of the year throughout many years of their lives. Mm-hmm. It's written by a man. So a bunch of men read it. Mm-hmm. But it is obviously chiclet. It is women's, oh, yeah. it's women's fiction. 100%. It's a, it's, it's about relationships and yeah. feelings and not a lot happen. Mm. <laughs> That's so annoying to me. Right? <laughs> my life is not nothing. Right. <laughs> You're saying your life is nothing. Oh my God. Just in case you were wondering, you are not a professional football player. No. Your life is about relationships also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's not that the, it's not that the genre holds no appeal for them. It's that they find it unapproachable and right. they are convinced because maybe they didn't like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movies, mm-hmm. that they won't like this. Right. But they will. Yes. Because, because people like to read books about people. And the men in those books are like you in the same way that the women in those books are like me. Mm-hmm. And you will dig it. Yes. You should give it a try. 100%. I enjoy it so much. And then if you like that, I mean, then you can just brag about it in your dating profile. Oh, absolutely. Like, I read lots of books by girls, and I'm not a little bitch about it. If I was stuck in the dating world again... That would be like, right? Yes. Thank you. you. I saw a TikTok where they were like, name three women that you admire that you don't know in your life, like not your mom or your sisters or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like seven of them said Michelle Obama, but most of them couldn't come up with anything else. Huh. And I thought you could do better than that. Yeah. You could you could do better than that. One hundred percent. I know that you can name more women. <laughs> Please tell me you can name more women. This is not fine. <laughs> no. So the I think the more the more that we talk about it and the more exciting it is, um, and the more open we get to be about the kind of books that we like mm-hmm. and not keeping it a secret. I feel like um, there have definitely been times where. When somebody said, what book are you reading? I wanted to lie and say it was something that they would respect more. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm reading, uh, I don't know. What's a boy book? Uh, Uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Yeah. And they would be like, oh, what a cool girl, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I I don't think that I would feel that same pressure now. No. And I don't know if it's my age or if it's um, the acceptance of the books I like. I think it's probably both. Maybe both. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not as concerned with their approval. Yeah. <laughs> and um, more and more people are talking about how great these books are. Yes. And how brilliant these writers are. Absolutely. I'm having such a blast. I have entirely too much fun as my bookshelf can attest right. recently. Yes. So even though I love the um, women's literature more than the phrase chick lit, um, I don't know that we need to uh, gender our fiction. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, what we've been trying to tell you about is that romance novels are for everybody. Absolutely. And if you see yourself in a character and it makes you feel good, I think that's really, really wonderful. Absolutely. But if you don't see yourself and you just learn things about other people. That's really great, yeah, too. I think that's excellent. Mm-hmm. When that happens to me, I'm, uh, I'm probably too proud of myself. 
Mm, yes. Like, I feel like I'm doing a very, a very cool thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's probably shitty behavior. But <sighs> I should, I should, I should look at, I should look into that. <laughs> uh, to sum up. Beautiful. I would like to uh, give us a, a soft book club challenge. Okay. I found the top 12 chiclet books. Love this. I'm so excited. I, my bank account doesn't love this, but no, here we go. No, 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 no. And I think that I've only read one. Yeah, yeah. I've only read one of them, which is shocking because they're all a little bit older. They're okay. all from like the 90s and early 2000s. So um, I'll read them to you. Number one, The Overdue Life of Amy Byler. That one actually looked a little bit newer. They're all from, they're all from, um, they're not all from the same era. Okay. Some, some of them are older. So The Overdue Life of Amy Byler by Kelly Harms. Bridget Jones' Diary by mm-hmm. Helen Fielding. This one I've been wanting to read for a while. I don't know why it's still on my list. Confessions of a Shopaholic. Absolutely. By Sophie Kinsella. If you were diagnosed with ADHD later in your adult life, (laughs) I feel like you've had a phase like this Mm. where like you just, you know, that I've seen the movie, you know, the scene where Amy Adams just talks about buying that green scarf. Yeah. And how her life was absolute bullshit. Mm -hmm. And she bought it and it made her feel better. Yeah. And I was like, I get you. I understand. I feel that. Yes. And I'm ashamed of myself. But at the same time, like, I have to find happiness in this world, Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. So that's a good one. I feel that. Yeah. Um, Bitter is the New Black by Jen Lancaster. Okay. Something Borrowed by Emily Giffen. That's the one that I was like, that cover looks so familiar. I, yeah, I feel like it I've does seen look that really familiar. Everywhere. It's probably in every Airbnb I've ever stayed at. Probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good in Bed by Jennifer Weiner. Do you think that's how you say it? W E I N E R? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the Hating Game by Sally Thorne. Okay. This is the one we've read, Beach Read. It's so good. All Emily, of them are so good. Emily Henry. Oh my God. Uh, I love that a lot of her. Female main characters are also in the literary world. Mm-hmm. They're writers or editors or whatever. Yeah. And it's so much fun. It's so fun. Because she knows we're obsessed with her anyway. Oh, of course. So good. Mm. Matchmaking for Beginners by Maddie Dawson. The Upside of Falling Down, which we're convinced is probably a movie. Mm. It sounds really familiar. It really does. It really, really does. By Rebecca Crane. Um, Life and Other Near-Death Experiences. I love that by title. By Camille Pagan. That's a cute one. Yeah. The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang, which is also pretty new. That one and Beach Read, I know, are pretty new. Okay. Um, okay. So those are the top 12. We should read them. We should. That'd be right? really fun. And it's like, I mean, we all seen Bridget Jones' Diary, but were we like nine? Yeah. We, well, and we I need definitely to, didn't read the book. Right. Yeah. So we need to re-embrace those. I guess they could be our oldies but goodies, right? I'm so for it. And we can laugh about how they have language that we maybe wouldn't use today, I'm guessing. Probably. Uh, <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a blast. Yes. I am just, I'm such a fan of, of just saying, hey, here's, here's why that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not mad at you. But just so you know, yeah, like if you if you say I don't like books by women, then you're then you're counting out, you know, a lot of life. Yeah. And um, and if you're writing books that aren't for women, then you're missing out on a lot of money. Truly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and these these women who are writing these books are bringing such brilliance into the world. I love it. So much of what they focus on currently is like self-development. Like mm-hmm. improvement, like I'm making my life better. I'm yeah. doing the work to put my shit behind me. Yeah. And to treat myself and the people around me like I value them mm-hmm. and I value me. 
and and it's a big fat journey and it sounds very simple but it's always so it's funny and exciting and yeah. dangerous and hard and relatable yes and it's so good i love it because women are spending a lot of time doing the work that's true and if you want to know what that's about if you want to know why girls are not clicking or not swiping right <laughs> then read one of these books and maybe do the same there we go. Let's all let's all heal from the bullshit our dad said to us when we were 12. Yeah. And and move forward. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be so good. I, I am it. so stoked about being a girl. Me too. I love it. Absolutely. I love pink books and I'm not ashamed of it. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me what you're reading next time, guys. Absolutely. Hey friends, let's do this again sometime. Say hi to your mom for me. Bye.